All right, before we pray this morning, let's turn once again to John 14. We looked briefly at this passage last week and pretty much focused our devotional thoughts this morning on verse number one. And so what I'm going to do this morning, we'll read verses one and two, and then our focus for a few moments will be on verse two this morning. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. In these couple of devotional thoughts uh, last week and this morning and for the next couple of weeks, we've been looking at these final instructions that Jesus gave to his disciples. And we spoke at length last week about uh, how Jesus told his disciples to let not your hearts be troubled. And it wasn't that they did not have a reason for their hearts to be troubled. They had every cause, uh, humanly speaking, to be troubled. Uh, we looked at John 12, 27, where Jesus himself even said, now is my soul troubled. So the disciples were, in fact, troubled. They were troubled by what was happening, what was occurring around them, uh, what they would soon face. And so Jesus tells them, though, do not be troubled. Uh, again, it would be as if he could see and he knew that they were troubled. And he's telling them, um, have an opposite response. Do not be troubled. And what's happening in John 14 is Jesus does give his disciples a list of things or the basis as to why they do not have to be troubled. Again, it is not that there is not trouble in the world. Uh, everyone here would agree there is trouble in the world. Uh, there's trouble on every side. Uh, there's trouble that's uh, coming towards our families, towards our churches, towards our homes, and uh, even just us in this uh, present uh, world that we live in. And in the second verse, Jesus clearly speaks about the place that he was going. And he speaks about that place as a place that he goes to prepare for them. And what a comforting thought that must have been to the disciples. Um, even though in the midst of their trouble, uh, he did speak of a place that they were, he was going to prepare for them. However, I don't think that would negate the reality of he's still going away. Uh, he's still leaving us. And at this moment, they don't fully comprehend all that he means with this. But he does say in verse 2, I go to prepare a place for you. And so he is talking about the place that we refer to as heaven. And uh, I think we can look around the room today and uh, realize that uh, most of us are not that old. Uh, we, are, uh, we are not uh, well advanced in years, and I don't think anybody here knows more people in heaven or uh, who have died than on earth. I think we still know more people here. Uh, however, um, this thought, uh, this place called heaven, uh, grows increasingly uh, more precious the longer we live. So the longer we live this life, the more that uh, we face uh, the, 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 the trials and the struggles and the temptations. But the prospect of heaven is meant to be a comfort to us now. And it's meant to comfort us because it is a everlasting consolation. And uh, in this life, we have temporary um, comfort. Uh, sometimes we have temporary consolation. Somebody might speak a kind word to us. Someone might give a kind gesture. Uh, somebody certainly can say they're praying for us, and those things are certainly of, of, of 
the measurable value. But his point to the disciples and the point to us today is that this was meant to be a consolation even at this very moment, even before he left, even before he went, um, even before what was on the horizon, his death. Uh, they were meant to be consoled before it ever took place. And so, of course, the disciples didn't fully understand everything they were going to endure. And, of course, we know that the disciples went on and each one of them um, died for their uh, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we have this comfort that um, Jesus, the one who was their nearest and dearest to them, there's no doubt about it, um, the one that they had no doubt knew that he loved them, he cared for them, uh, he had given his life for them, and they were going to be facing extreme trials and extreme trouble. But he says, don't be troubled. Um, and the, the, the point here is, is that death is not the end. Um, there's a life that is beyond. There's this place called heaven, and Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place in that place called heaven for you. Now, we could, get, we could get caught up in a lot of the, the wording here, and there are important things. And if we were doing a full exposition, we would go through and we would talk about each one of these things. But you notice that he mentions that in my father's house are many mansions. And um, heaven, as we think about it, is, is referred to as a house. It's referred to as a place, um, not, a, not what we might think, a tabernacle or a tent. Um, all true believers there, there is this distinction. And uh, we could focus on what is the meaning of the word mansion, or we could focus on the reality that Jesus is speaking of a distinct dwelling place. Um, so there is distinctly a place uh, where we will dwell, and it is distinctly being prepared. Um, it is an everlasting house. It is not uh, built with the common building materials of what we see today with brick and, and, and two-by-fours and nails and screws and all those things. And uh, it is a... It is a an everlasting place, a dwelling place. And he says, I go to prepare a place for you. And, and he, before he even says that, he says, if these things were not so, or if it were not so, I would have told you. And so he's, he's telling them, in essence, that um, you know, if this wasn't the case, then I would certainly tell you. And when he says, I go to prepare a place for you, um, he's, he's, he's asking them and, and, and instructing them to consider what I'm saying. Um, consider the depth of what I'm saying. Consider what I'm telling about this place, this father's mansion that in this place, this everlasting dwelling house, if you will, uh, there is this continual consolation. There is this continual comfort um, that is there. Uh, it was Christ designed for them to understand that he has gone to prepare a place or will go to prepare a place for them in heaven for his disciples. And Jesus has already gone to that place and he's already taken possession of it. And he's already there uh, ever living to make intercession. Um, you've heard it said before, this didn't originate with me, uh, but someone has wisely said that heaven would be an unready place for a Christian if Christ were not there. Uh, if Christ wasn't there, heaven would not be what it is. And, and Christ uh, is the heaven. Christ is, is the reason that we can take comfort and take consolation in that. Now, he assures them that he's going away. And he, so he wants them to know, I pray prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. He wanted them to know that this separation they were going to experience 
was not a permanent separation. Uh, This was temporary. Uh, Christ's purpose of coming into this world, dying on the cross and ascending to the Father was to affect this perfect and permanent reunion with all of his elect. One day, all of the elect from every generation will be united with him in this place. And so he wanted them, much like we've been studying on Wednesday evenings through the book of Acts, he wanted them to cease thinking about an earthly kingdom and stop ceasing to think about these earthly homes and earthly houses and think of a spiritual kingdom. Think of this place. Uh, It's been said that the Father's house is not one single palace, but many dwelling places. So the word mansion here, It doesn't necessarily indicate different degrees of glory. Uh, All have been bought with the same love and bought with the same price, and they're equally sons and daughters of God, but the glory will be the same. So what in fact we we are going to experience in this place is certainly um, a beautiful consolation. So he says, I've gone to prepare a place in glory for you. And if it were not so, I would have told you. Um, It is Christ who's gone to prepare the place. And he's preparing them and preparing the place for his children. The best way for us to get through the troubles of this world and the depression of heart that sometimes overtakes us, most of our trouble in this world certainly is surrounded by depression of heart. Um, depression of heart's greatest remedy is to believe God and and greatest remedy against troubled minds are to believe God. Uh, By believing Christ as the mediator, the only mediator between God and man, that's where our comfort comes from. We have comfort in knowing that God is our comfort. God is our shield. God is our resting place. Um, These lasting dwellings and Christ, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, Um, If he has prepared a place, if he's prepared the place, uh, he will prepare us to dwell there. And so it is important, I think, this morning to think about uh, something that I don't think we wake up every day and and necessarily think about um, stepping into eternity. Um, I certainly hope that, you know, we're at a prayer meeting this morning and we certainly believe that we've trusted Christ as our Savior and know to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But this ought to bring us comfort this morning. It ought to bring us this not temporary consolation like the world gives, but an everlasting consolation uh, to know that here Christ makes this point about heaven. You know, he he doesn't speak often in the scriptures about heaven. But when he does, he really focuses our attention on what really is the importance of this place. And isn't it interesting that the importance of this place is him? The importance of heaven is Christ. The, the importance of, of what looking forward to is, is him. And, you know, there's been a lot of things over the years, and I know this probably isn't the proper forum for this, but there's been a lot of things over the years about people saying they went to a place called heaven and they saw certain things. The interesting thing to me that most, most of those testimonies very rarely mention, mention seeing Christ. And that, that to me tells me a little bit something. Because Christ is, Christ is, is heaven. And to see a place that is, 
marked by beauty, maybe. Maybe it is beautiful. It's described as being a beautiful place, but is it beautiful without Christ's presence? Absolutely not. It's just another beautiful dwelling place. But um, I hope this morning that just for the few moments that we think um, and we think about these things, these are things we can know about heaven. And Jesus speaking with certainty uh, is reminding us that you can have comfort even today. And so I just are challenging. I try to give us a question or something to challenge us um, before we pray this morning. Um, how are these truths about heaven meant to encourage us now? So why should we be encouraged now? Um, even though we may not step out into eternity for years now. None of us know the hour or the day. But how should these truths about heaven encourage us at this moment? So I hope we can rest in the Lord's words and uh, rest in him. Um, so next week, if, if you'd like to just kind of study and read and, and meditate on your own, we're going to be dealing primarily with verse 4, kind of tying it together with verse 3 about his promise not only of going to prepare a place, but then also his promise of coming again. So we'll look forward to that um, next Lord's Day.